This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Awesome. Good morning, you guys. Good to see you. You're looking good. New year, new excitement. I love a new year, right? It's just fresh. There's something about January that feels um, like anything could happen, you know, making different choices, making new resolutions, new goals, all those kinds of things. And I love on social media right now, just people posting different things. This is the year I'm going to do this and this and this. And and one of the memes that I've seen recently that I just love, um, it's been going around, maybe you've seen it too, it goes like this. It says, marriage is hard, divorce is hard, choose your heart. Obesity is hard, being fit is hard, choose your heart. Being in debt is hard, being financially disciplined is hard, choose your heart. Life will never be easy. It will always be hard. But we can choose our heart. Pick wisely. And I love that because we all have choices before us every day, right? And in the scriptures, we see that God always gives us a choice. We see God offering this choice to humanity, um, the choice to choose him, to walk in relationship with him, to say yes to the life that Jesus offers us. Or we also have the choice to walk away, to turn away from him and do our own thing. And one of the times that we see this demonstrated in the scriptures is when God first enters into a relationship with the nation of Israel. And this relationship that he made with them was based on a covenant, um, a choice that he offered them, and, and he made an agreement with them as a nation. And we see in the book of Deuteronomy that Moses um, articulates this choice to the people. And it says this, Now listen today, I am giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commandments, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land that you're about to enter and occupy. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and if you are drawn away to serve and worship other gods, then I warn you now that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live a long, good life in the land you're crossing the Jordan to occupy. And so today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life. I love that. That's God's heart. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. And you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And so this is a choice that the Israelites faced long ago. And it's actually a choice that you and I still face today. And at one level, it seems so easy. Yes, God, I choose you. I choose life. And that is the good choice. That is the wise choice. But how many of you know that when you say yes to one thing, you're actually saying no to something else? And saying yes to God actually affects our lives. It means that, um, that we obey what he says. It means that we live our lives according to what he wants for us. 
It's not just like, oh, yes, God, I believe you're good, and we're good, so now I'm going to go live however I want. Saying yes to God means that we say no to other things. There are real sacrifices, real surrender, real life changes that come with choosing God. It's not just lip service. And so saying yes to God comes with a price. Saying no to God comes with a price. Choose your heart, right? So today we're going to look at some heroes in the faith. Uh, We're going to look at some heroes in the story of Daniel. Daniel and his three buddies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is a classic, you guys. This is like, if you grew up in the church, you heard this every year. Um, these, These four guys are from the royal family of David. And they're raised with this this belief to personally uphold this covenant relationship that we just talked about. And even though these guys believe, um, the nation of Israel right now in general has not done a good job holding up their end of the covenant. And so God's honoring the nation's choice, just like he said, like, if you reject me, then I'm going to leave you to yourselves. And what we see happens is that they're actually conquered um, by Babylon. They're taken into exile. Um, But there were some people who still held on to their faith. And Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were part of that group. They're trying to maintain hope in the land of their conquerors. And so Daniel um, and his friends... Uh, They are this group of, like, they're like the elite guys. They are wise, they're capable, they're top of their class, they're young, they're handsome, um, and they have been recruited to serve in the royal palace of Babylon. And they are under constant pressure to give up their Jewish identity by living and eating like Babylonians and violating the laws that God has given to the Jewish people in the scriptures. And they're actually a great case study for us uh, today, learning how to choose faithfulness to God in a culture that rejects God. They live in a culture really similar to ours today. Like, let's just see by a show of hands, how many of you have felt the tension of living out your faith in a culture that holds very different views? That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I just tell you congratulations? Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, that means that your faith is healthy. That means that you're doing it right. Because as difficult as it can be to feel and experience that tension, it's actually a bad sign when we don't feel that tension. Um, Because if we don't feel the tension, it's possible that we're already kind of caught up in the culture and we don't realize it. So do you feel that tension when you are trying to be a person of integrity? Do you feel that tension being a person full of faith in a culture that is just being tanked with fear right now? Do you feel that tension being honest with your finances, believing that sex is for marriage, loving your enemies, serving others sacrificially, turning to God for healing instead of that substance? Do you feel the tension you are not alone. And today, we're going to look at the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to see how they face their tensions, and we're going to hopefully learn something together uh, that we can apply in our lives today. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Daniel chapter 3. We're going to go through it this morning. There's a lot of scripture here, but it's a great story. Daniel 3. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. 
King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officers to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted, I love that, the herald. It's not like Facebook, it's the herald. Um, (laughs) People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, this is like raging band here, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So, at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So this is a choose-your-heart situation, if I ever saw one. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they beautifully show us here how to live out our faith in a culture that doesn't believe in God. And before we continue the story, I just, I want to ask you three questions this morning, all right? We're going to look at, we looked at their story. Now I want us to look inward for a second and just do a little bit of self-examination here. The first question I want to ask you is this, what do you choose when your faith clashes with culture? Have you made that decision in your heart? Do you hold on to God's word or do you compromise? Which do you choose? Is it faithfulness to God, or, you know, I'm just going to make this little change here. I'm going to compromise this situation here. Do you feel that healthy tension, or have you compromised your faith to the point where there's no difference between your life and the culture that you're living in? Romans 12 challenges us with this. 
it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Just check in with your, your heart this morning. You know, just ask him to show you, is there any places where I may have gotten off track and I don't even realize it? And he'll be faithful to show you those areas. The second question is, how do you live out your choice? Because I love that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made that choice. But what I also love even more is like the way they responded. They were just honest and straightforward. And they said, we will never worship your gods. And we will not defend ourselves before you. So you want to know how to live your faith out in an unbelieving culture? Refuse to compromise and refuse to carry the burden of having to defend yourself. Because God has the final word, and we don't have to convince anyone um, or prove anything to anyone. We hold our beliefs graciously without the need to be understood. We hold our beliefs without needing to use the word because. Because. Well, because, because, because. It's okay. Let me, let me give you permission this morning to ditch the word because. <laughs> Not everyone has to agree or understand you know, of course, if someone genuinely wants to understand, we are more than happy to explain and walk people through it. But, it. but most of the time, it's just so tempting to put our belief out there and be like, and here's why. And this is my five-point chart of why it makes sense. Uh, this is why I believe in God. This is why I think you should too. And this is why I need you to understand. And I just need you to like me and know me. And it's so easy to over-explain. But instead, I'm just going to say no and be confident. Because God is my defender, and he will not put me to shame. And the truth will prevail, and he will vindicate me. And so I'm going to resist the temptation to have the last word to try and defend myself. And instead, I am going to entrust myself to God and let him defend me. Let him fight my battles because he's way better at it. So what do you need to let go of this morning? The need to be understood? The need to be the protector of your own belief system? Maybe it's simply just making this declaration in your heart. Okay, God, I won't serve another God but you. Jesus, you're my God. And then how are you going to live that choice out? Graciously, straightforward, full of both truth and grace, not compromising, but being confident and strong. All right, and the third question I want to ask you this morning is, what do you believe about God in the fire? What do you believe about God in the fire? Because when the suffering hits, oh, and it hits us all, doesn't it? The rain falls on the just and the unjust. What do you believe about God in the middle of the suffering? Do you believe that he still loves you in the middle of suffering? Because he absolutely does. Do you believe that he is with you in the suffering? He absolutely is. He says he will be with us to the end of the age. Do you believe that God has a plan for your life, even in the middle of suffering? 
He absolutely does. He has a plan to prosper, prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. Do you expect God to rescue you from all suffering? Because he actually doesn't promise that. <laughs> but what he does promise is that this present suffering can't even compare to the glory that's coming. Will you love him? Will you choose him? Even if he doesn't come through the way that you want him to. Because a lot of the times, he, it's different than our expectations, right? But it's better. He comes through in a better way. Do you believe that God is worthy of our extravagant worship? Even if it means the possibility of suffering. And so we're, Again, we're going to see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego live this out beautifully. So let's read on in the story. So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. I could just totally picture that. <laughs> he, he commanded the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up. They threw him into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Okay, so suddenly they're not alone. Suddenly God has shown up, and he's in the fire with them, and he is the one um, that he is that fourth in the flames. They're, they're not abandoned. They're with God. They're walking around. And so then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officials, officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. And this is such a beautiful picture of who God is for us in the middle of that hard choice. When suffering comes, we can know that God does love us, that he is with us, that he is protecting us, and we can trust him to carry us through to the other side. And this story is a literal fulfillment of God's promise to us in Isaiah 43, where God says this, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And he still is that to us today. So choose your heart. 
It's better to be in the furnace with God than in the palace without him. And God is worthy of our extravagant worship. Our worship is costly, but God is absolutely worth it. God is good. He keeps his promises. He loves us. He sent his one and only son to rescue us from this broken world and bring to life all the broken places within us. And he is restoring us. He's leading us. He's forgiving us. And he is worthy of all the praise we can give him. He is worthy of our loyalty. And he is the one and only true God. I love Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's response. They're just amazing. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty. I like how they just still call him your majesty. (laughs) Uh, That we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Even if he does not. Even if God doesn't save us the way we want him to. And that's so powerful because it speaks to our hearts. And it speaks to the deep reasons behind why we choose God. Will we choose God even if we don't get our way? Will we choose God because of who he is? Because he's God? Or because we want something from him? And oftentimes God's way is so different than what we want. But it's actually better And we can't see until we're on the other side. And then we're so glad we stuck with him. And God showed his goodness to these guys. They put it all on the line. They made the hard choice. But it really only appeared hard. Um, I don't really think in reality it ever was a hard choice. And if you could, if they were on the other side looking back, I think they would choose that a thousand times over. It would actually be a very easy choice. Right? Um. Because they knew that God was a strong God. They knew what he was capable of. And he, they knew that he was able to save them. And that's exactly what they got to see that day. They saw the goodness of God. And their faith and their obedience to God influenced the entire culture. We see the story just flip on its side here. We see the king suddenly have this change of heart about who God is. In verse 28, The story goes on. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's like completely 180. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. It's a little harsh, but, you know. Uh, And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So they held to their faith graciously, straightforward, without compromising. And what did they get? They got it all. They got rescued by God. They got to see a miracle, and they got to influence the whole kingdom for God. The entire kingdom got to see God at work. And that's how God worked in their story, and that's how God wants to work in your story today. I remember um, years ago, my family and I were coming home from a vacation. 
and uh, we were flying home. We're walking through the airport, and we're going to go through, um, what is it, the check, you know, the security check. And um, you could just see this line, like, wrapping around the entire airport. They had stanchions going every direction. Um, and just, like, looking at the line was exhausting. And it's like, ugh, we got to stand in this thing. And so Joel and the girls and I, we have all our suitcases. We find the back of the line, and we stand there. But it was so long that you really couldn't see the end of it. And we weren't 100% sure we were in the right line. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so Joel goes, um, babe, I'm just going to walk around the corner. I just want to make sure we're in the right line. And so he heads out. Uh, a couple minutes later, I get a call on my cell phone. And he's like, babe, that's the wrong line. Come around the corner. Duck through the stanchions. You're going to see me. The line is much shorter just, you know, head over with the girls, get your stuff. So we load up our suitcases, uh, we crawl under the stanchions, we start walking, and you can just feel the, the eyes of everyone on you, you know, in line, and you can hear them kind of whispering, like, well, where's she going? Why isn't she waiting in this line? Are we in the right line? You know, and, and as we start walking, I turn around, by the time we, I find Joel, we have an entire line of people following us into the right line. That's what following God is like. It takes courage. It takes faith. Sometimes you're the only one who's going, I, I don't know if this is the right line. I'm not going to stay on the wrong path if it goes nowhere. But Jesus, I want to go wherever you are. So call me out to you. And as you find life, not only do you find life for yourself, but you help others find it too. In fact, you have the ability to influence generations. And when we hold to God's word, people start to watch. And they go, hey, where, where is she going? That, that looks right. I want to experience that for myself. And that's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did for the people of Babylon that day. They forged a new path following God, and because of their influence, the goodness of God spilled beyond their own lives, and the entire kingdom got a first-hand glimpse at a miracle. They got to see the one and only true God at work. But their influence didn't come without a struggle. They had to make a hard choice. They had to trust God. But in doing that, they got to see God show up in their story. They got to see and participate in God's love and faithfulness to them. How many of you know that we serve a God who loves us, who won't abandon us in suffering, but meets us in the fire and comforts us? We serve a God who is worthy of our whole hearts. I love in the Psalms, there's this prayer, and I read it this week, and I just thought, man, that's so beautiful. I just thought we could kind of read it together as a church. And it's a prayer to start the new year with. It's Psalm 86, and it says this. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Can we just read that out loud together as a, as a church and pray this together? Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, we want to be a church that follows you. We want to be a church with an undivided heart. We want to be a church that influences our city uh, to point them to you so that they can see what an amazing God you are. Father, we want to be a church that when you call to us, we turn every corner, that we're with you, that we're not driven by fear, but by faith, that there's a different spirit here at work within us. And it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that informs us, that leads us, that we follow into the dark, God. We trust you with our entire selves, with our lives. Um, we don't know what this year holds for all of us, God, but we know who you are. And we know that you're good. And we know that you care for us. And so help us to live in that reality, to make those choices when they, when they come to us, and to choose you every time. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.